Oh, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Burn Desire Show. Um, today we have Julia Taylor. I can't pronounce that incorrectly, surely, can I? Oh, no, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have guests and it's like, you're not quite sure, but your name is pretty straightforward. Yeah. So we're all good. Yes. Um, yeah, so um, and we've had a quick kind of chat beforehand and I've, as I usually do, kind of looked into um, your background, which is like super interesting. Um, I kind of like to start generally with like education and like try and figure out if that, you know, I love the Steve Jobs quote, which is you can't connect the dots going forwards, only backwards. Right. So it, like, if you look at yourself where you are right now, like I'm sure you can figure out like how the things we're going to come on to, like the year and a half in the RV, et cetera, et cetera, led on to where you are now. But I'm sure when you were in that RV, you didn't exactly anticipate being where you are now. Is that, is that correct? Yep. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> Good, good. Um, so educationally, um, you, you you kind of, what I found anyway is you had the business management degree. Is that, is that the first thing you did, like your undergraduate, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. so um, my undergraduate, I, um, I went to the University of Georgia and uh, gosh, I don't even want to say how long ago, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I got a degree in um, like international affairs and, and Russian uh, and my, I guess, minor was um, was in in Russian language, and that um, kind of was one of the reasons why I, um, I, I I don't even think this is is anywhere like in my bio anywhere. But I lived in Russia for a year on uh, a U.S. government grant, oh, wow. and as part of that, like me going spy. to Russia. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> um, even if I was, I wouldn't say. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I was there for a year, learning learning the language, and then as part of that, like them paying for me to go there, I then needed to to work for the government, and that was that was helpful for my end to 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 then start working for the Department of Defense um, in intelligence uh, work. So. See, why did you mind in Russian? Like, did you have a particular interest in Russian? Like, it's um, it's an unusual thing to take an interest in. I would suggest maybe. Yeah, it was. Um, it's a little bit embarrassing to say, but I wanted, um, I to have a, a language because of the degree that I was doing, and um, I wanted to do something different. Almost everyone did Spanish, and I thought I'll do something different. And the 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 university that I was at um, had this way that you could go in and take a look to see. Um, what instructors, what lecturers, professors gave really good grades, and how well overall um, people did, and and the the and and Russian was like like almost everyone got A's, and I was like, right, that's going to help my GPA, so I'll do that. <laughs> so no, it um it was nothing strategic. It was how can I get some some easy A's and improve my uh, my GPA. <laughs> Fair. Now, look, it is what it is. And so where do you live in Russia? Like, can you tell us a bit about that experience, how that compares to the US? And yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was cold as everything. It, um, it, it was cold. It was dark. Uh, you know, everything you you imagine. It was an amazing experience. Um, it, it was it was very hard uh, to the. Uh, the, the people are um, amazing once you get to know them. But on the surface, um, like what you see in Hollywood is kind of amusing because, you know, they can be quite kind of uh, rough and gruff and cold, like just immediately on the surface. 
Mm-hmm. But once you get to know them, they would they would do anything for you, even if you just met in the bar, for example, uh, which happened a lot. <laughs> so um, it was it was we, we we traveled a ton. We went you know super far north. We went all over Eastern Europe. Uh, we went pretty far west. So I lived in Saint Petersburg. Uh, so we would go down to Moscow occasionally, and I, I was there just to to learn the language and to um, kind of immerse myself in the in the culture. And that was. 2005, 2006, when I was there. Um, and like I said, it was, it was so cold, um, but a, a phenomenal experience. So was your, um, were you a kind of, um, what do you call it? A, I can't think of the word, but a reciprocal university out there or were you, did you have a job? Like what was your actual kind of day to day? Sure. I, I was at a university um, in St. Petersburg and it was, it was kind of just, a group of Americans, yes, we were all Americans, uh, that were on this kind of exchange program, but it wasn't an exchange in the sense that Russians then came to us. It was more just we, we were on this, this okay. um, government-funded um, kind of program to, to learn the language. A lot of my, I'm trying to think, some of the other folks, um, one of my best friends, she now works in um, kind of U.S. Uh, development, like kind of U.S., aid uh, sort of stuff, nonprofit, and she's in Rwanda. Wow. Um, uh, I, were, I went on to work for the government um, in intelligence. I had um, a number of colleagues that went on to work for the U.S. State Department. So it, it, it kind of led people into um, doing more kind of international work. What did your, uh, your parents and friends at the time make of you moving out to Russia? Was it a pretty unheard of thing to do? Like, are you the sort of person at that point that was spontaneous that would do these kind of things or was it still a bit left field for you it was pretty normal for me Um, I'm from a very small town in north Georgia and um, I think it it was it was kind of a a weird thing for um, for where I was from however my mom was a flight attendant for Delta Airlines for 35 years so I grew up and my brother and I were homeschooled so um, my brother and I grew up traveling all over the place because we had that opportunity with her and the, the job that she had. So it was pretty normal for me to, um, to, to travel and, and live all over. Before I lived in Russia, I did a, an internship with the state department and I was in Armenia for a summer, uh, which was awesome. So yeah. I, I'd kind of, I'd, I'd done a lot of things. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate, the things that I, uh, I've been able to, to do and see and places I've traveled. So so you came back to the states and you you went into work for the united uh, united states defense forces and in intelligence can you talk a bit about that i'm sure there's something you can and can't say but like what was the overall like what were you doing yeah sure so i, I did i was back um back in 06 and I, I must have joined them in, a, in maybe 07 so it wasn't wasn't long after <clears throat> and i worked for the um u.s department of defense i was a civilian so i was i was not uniform military uh, and I worked in the kind of um, in the intelligence realm, so the intelligence community, and um, I got to do some amazing things. Um, I deployed to Afghanistan twice. Um, on my first deployment, that is where I um, I met my now husband. We we just celebrated ten years, uh, well, ten year wedding anniversary. Uh, thank you. And um, he's British, so okay. um, we had that kind of um, long distance thing to contend with, but we. We met Afghanistan. I did. I did a couple uh, deployments there. I, I got a lot of um, amazing trips to a lot of other places, Germany, all over Africa, um, um, to to do that. But when I was back in, I was in DC, uh, based in DC, and 
Um, it was like when I was in DC, it was very kind of high level, kind of strategic um, planning, um, briefing. I would go to the Pentagon a lot and kind of brief generals and things on, on stuff that was happening at a high level strategic point of view. When I was um, deployed overseas, whether it was in Germany or, or in, in countries in Africa or in Afghanistan, it was it was a lot more kind of tactical. Um, so things we would be looking into um, things that were happening uh, at you know bad guys and, and you know moving things around um, on a on a daily basis, and then some of what we were looking into would be actioned by. Um, guys in uniform, um, you know, on a daily basis. So it was, it was a much more fluid tactical, uh, thing that was going on. And then obviously being British, you mentioned your husband is British. So maybe this makes mm-hmm. sense to why this happened. I seen in your kind of what you've, you've been up to, you then worked at, at Bournemouth university. Like what, where did that come mm-hmm. about? How did that come about? Yeah. So I, I left my, um, job in the, um, with the department of defense to move to the UK. So follow my heart and, you know, all those things. So I left the career that I loved and, you know, I had amazing career prospects and career opportunities and the growth was just phenomenal. Um, but I, I, I left that to move to the UK and um, I, I got married and became a military wife, which I'm incredibly proud of, but a career progression kind of really took a back seat. And so that was, that was tough. Uh, we, we moved a lot, um, as you can expect. And, um, I, I did, I, I worked at, uh, Bournemouth university. It was one of the, one of the last kind of nine to five jobs that I had there doing, doing a number of different roles in a, in a number of different kind of, I, I didn't, I didn't teach or anything. I wasn't, I wasn't a lecturer or anything. I just kind of did admin type roles, um, at, in different, different divisions of the university. So your husband was on active duty, I presume Yes, he was at the time. Um, he has since retired, but yes, he was active duty. What's that like as a kind of living like living with that? How does that work? Can obviously out for a few months and then back and those sorts of things? Yeah, and I think it was probably a lot easier for us because um, I knew hmm. exactly um, what he did and where he was going because I'd been there. So it helped a lot. Um, I when when we first got together, I deployed and traveled a lot. He did, so we we did a lot of time apart before um, having kind of time together. And even once I moved to the UK, I mean, I'll never forget. I moved across. I've left my job uh, that I loved. I moved across under the the premise that he would he was going to be in one job for two years, and he was not going to deploy. You know, sure enough, I. I, I land and um, I think I'm there for a couple months and he's like, right, bad news. They're sending me back for, a, I think it, I think it was six months. Um, yeah. So yeah, I know. I was like, great. <laughs> so um, yeah, that didn't go down well, but you know, it, it's just part of the job and it, it did help that I knew um, what he was doing and where he was going to be and, you know, all the people and, and everything. And we just, we knew what it was like to, to be away and, and, and things like that so it's just a matter of appreciating as much time as we had together and um knowing that it was just temporary i guess given your escapades in russia and armenia and then then the uk you're, you must be pretty good at adapting to new surroundings and, and making new friends and that kind of thing does that come naturally to you you enjoy that kind of thing 
I think it, it definitely used to. I, I'm much more of an introvert than I used to be. And it, it's, it's interesting. And we, we've literally last night landed um, back home. We, we've been gone. We were in New York and back in Georgia seeing family. So I'm, I'm kind of getting back and literally no lie. Uh, we have a, a ring camera and I got up this morning to look at the activity on the ring camera. We live out in the middle of nowhere. We've, we've got 40 acres. So we're, you know, out in the middle of nowhere in Colorado, which we love. And I woke up this morning to look at the ring camera and uh, sure enough, two mountain lions were wandering through our, our yard uh, this morning. I was like, Oh my God, there's mountain lions in our yard. <laughs> so um, yeah. So all, you know, all of that's happening uh, this, this, you know, just getting back. So I, I think that I am good. Um, yes, I can adapt and I can um, meet new people and, and all that. But my happy place is in the middle of nowhere. Um, it is, it is, you know, reading a book or um, just, just wandering around our property with, with my dog and hopefully not mountain lions. Uh, so I, I can definitely adapt if I need to, but I do love um, being in the middle of nowhere. I have to uh, ask you, because I'm, I'm an avid reader myself, what, what do you like to read? Like, what, what kind of things? So I, I love everything. I just literally finished two books that I loved, and I just started a new one last night. Um, I read, interesting you said about the Steve Jobs quote. I, I read the Steve Jobs um, uh, Walter biography, the, Walter Isaacson's yeah. um, book. So good, like mm -hmm. shockingly good. I, I couldn't believe how good it was. Uh, I just read that. And then I, uh, while reading it and, and kind of understanding his role in Pixar, um, I then kind of picked up uh, Bob Iger, who was the CEO yeah, of Disney. The, the Ride um, of Lifetime. So good. So yeah, good. Yes, Ride, Ride good. of Lifetime. So I just just finished the Bob Iger book uh, yesterday and then um, started a new one. So, But, I mean, to be honest, I love fiction as well. Uh, anything I, I, I love. I try to mix between the two, and um, I'm really enjoying kind of uh, biographies, just having read those two, um, mm -hmm. I, I really, really enjoyed. So yeah, those, those are the most recent ones. I can, af afterwards, I can give you some recommendations based on the fact that you like those two, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, what's, the, what's the new book you just started? It's called um, Buddha and the Badass. Is that okay. right? Did I get that right? Um, A fiction book? Uh, uh, no. Uh, let me let me just look at my of course i don't have my kindle in here the buddha the buddha and the badass okay. um, is, is what it's called it's it's kind of probably a, like a mindset -y type um entrepreneurial book okay okay yeah. so so then i've got to ask you because it's also super interesting as to uh you're in bournemouth for what four years is it am i right four, five years? yes yeah yeah and then um was it, was it yourself the one to move over back to the States or both of you, or was it always part of the plan or it just kind of happened? It was always part of the plan really to, to come back here. Um, we, we love the, so I'm, you know, from Georgia and I knew the East coast DC, but I always loved out West um, mm -hmm. Utah, Colorado, always loved it and always thought that this is where we would kind of end up. And uh, my husband now has his own business. He runs um, adventure motorcycle tours. So he's got a handful of big um, adventure bikes uh, that he takes off road and, and does like week long tours and things like that. So we're right in the right place for that um, with all the um, national parks and all the kind of 
amazing stuff to see out here. So, so we're in, we're in a good place for, for his business. And of course I can work from anywhere. Um, but we, yeah, we always um, thought that moving to the U S would be um, where we would end up. And it, his last job with the military was in North Carolina. So we actually did um, three years in North Carolina before then um, living in an RV for a year and a half and traveling around and ending up where we are now. So the, yeah, the RV piece is what I was coming on to. So um, how, how does that come out? You both just adventurous thought like, let's do this. Why not? Like, was that, is that kind of the attitude or was there more of a particular reason as to why you did it? No, it, it was, it was very, um, it was always something we kind of joked about. It's like, oh yeah, living in an RV, how cool would that be? But it was like, yeah, but you know, we can't do that. We have to have, you know, real jobs sort of thing. And my business at the time, I was working primarily with uh, clients. So I was kind of running an agency, building websites, doing kind of tech stuff and online presence mm-hmm. for, for small businesses. And so I could do that from anywhere. And that was, that was working and going really well. And so that wasn't stopping us. And I think when he was coming to the end of, uh, of retiring, he did 21 years service. Wow. Um, it was a, it was a, okay, well, um, he will get a job. You know, I mean, that, that was just like, it, it was the thing, like you get a mortgage, you get a job, you work nine to five, you know, that was just kind of what was, what was known. And he had some um, prospects kind of uh, over in, um, in California, kind of Google and places like that, security type work. And um, nothing really kind of got him excited. And we kind of said one day, well, why, if, if he wants to start his own business, then um, why don't we just sell everything, travel around? We didn't know where we wanted to settle. Uh, we, we thought somewhere between San Diego and Denver. Those were kind of like our two reference points somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And um, come to find out, I'm glad we didn't end up living in California because taxes on our two businesses would just be ridiculous. So <laughs> um, I'm glad we didn't end up there, but we are, uh, yeah, so we just traveled around and um, just thought, what the hell, screw it. You know, we'll, we'll make our own American dream mm-hmm. and sold everything and um, bought an RV and just traveled for a year and a half. And we went through where we live now. We went through here a couple of times and just loved it and, you know, bought a place. And we've been here for two and a half years now. So what, what's that like, kind of the, the RV life? How, how, what are the pros and cons? I mean, obviously the huge pro is, is being in a different place and all that sort of stuff. But I imagine living on top of one another is, is, a, is a challenge, right? Yeah, it was. <clears throat> there, there were a lot of challenges. We we had a great time, but um, we 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 wouldn't go back to it. We now have a truck with like a rooftop tent on it because we love to camp and be out in the middle of nowhere. So we, we take that for our adventures. Um, but I mean, really, it's it's it was like moving home. And one of the biggest things that we struggled with was um, finding internet, uh, finding a good internet connection because. With my job, I had to have a connection, mm-hmm. and if it, we we almost felt like we were kind of tied to that, so it wasn't the adventure and the travel that we were doing. And at the time, my business got very busy. I started to shift and and get into teaching. Um, so with between that and and working all the time, it wasn't quite the the kind of retirement um, adventure that that you sometimes see on on Instagram or anywhere else. Um, it, it was tough. It was, it was hard at times and it was not fun at times and things broke. Uh, you know, RVs are, are, are very light. So they're made cheaply. 
to, because they have to be light in weight to be mm-hmm. towed or pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and things broke all the time. So we, we had a lot of uh, issues. It was an amazing experience. We found where we live now and love it, um, but it, it was hard. Um, so what, what was it like? Is it just a natural culmination of things as to why you decided after whatever point in time, year and a half, that enough's enough, we need to find a fixed abode or... Was it something like any business that happened that, that led to that? Or was it a bunch of things? I'll never forget. It was um, Easter. Gosh, it must have been 29- Easter of 2019. We were um, in uh, right around Lake Mead, so in the Vegas area. And we were out bicycling. And, um, and we just kind of were chatting about it. And it was like, you know what? This isn't really fun anymore. And it's, 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 it's gotten to a point that we're just, you know, we're not loving it that much anymore it just feels um like it's gone on long enough and we thought okay well let's we know we want to live in durango so we thought let's start looking uh and that must that was april and we found this house in uh may june uh and then we moved in in um august so it was it was a very very quick um transition uh, we got really lucky with the house that we found. Uh, and um, yeah, it was, it was just, it, we both felt the same way and we hadn't really kind of talked about it in the detail that we had. And it was like, right, you know, we, we now know uh, we've made the decision. Let's now start moving in a different direction. And again, my question, as I find interesting, because I think a lot of people maybe think of this is that um, when you decide to sell everything and, and what for some people will be quite a drastic move to just go and like do this RV thing, um, with not really much of a plan did kind of I suppose your parents certainly mummy talked about maybe was more open to it because of what she maybe did prior to this you know with the, the airline you mentioned um but how is it kind of keeping in touch with friends did, did they did they understand do they think you're crazy like or did you not really care or what was a bunch of those things um I'd say partly didn't really, you know, didn't really care. I mean, I, I, we'd done between the two of us, we've done so much traveling that, you know, living in an RV uh, in the U S was kind of pretty relatively benign. (laughs) Um, But it really is just kind of is in line with what we'd always done um, with all the, the, the travel and the adventure and, and things that it, it, it made sense. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, a huge surprise. Now that being said, I know that's not the norm. Um, so I, I, and I recognize how fortunate we are to, to have had all these experiences to be able to do something like that. Um, but I, I, I think if, if anyone is, is thinking about it or wanting to do it, um, if you have the, 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 the job that allows it, you know, some, some, a lot of people can work, work remotely now, or if you have your own business and, and you're able to now, I reckon finding internet is going to be a whole lot easier than it was when, when we were doing it a couple of years ago. Um, you know, it's one of those experiences that you'll, you'll remember forever. And a lot of people, full-time RVers forever, you know, they've been doing it for 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. So some people never stop, but, um, phenomenal experience was it was it kind of um you obviously working he was working as well right sorry if you mentioned that during that period also so uh yeah so he was starting his own he was setting up his own business at the time yep right so kind of with the days kind of taken up with obviously when he found the internet kind of you doing your thing hindering his thing and then you would 
break off to do whatever you know if you're in a certain area you might go visit x y and z or outdoor type stuff is that is that kind of forgive me for not knowing but i don't have a clue yeah 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 <laughs> yeah no for, for the most part it was um because of the transition i was making in my business i worked more during that time than i ever have before uh and and almost trying to do two full-time roles from keeping the, the agency side of my business running and setting up this, this other side that I do now full-time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it, and it, because of the, the business he now does, the, the adventure motorcycles, um, he would go off and, and, and ride you know, days at a time. And we tried to, to get out and adventure as much as possible, um, national parks that we were nearby. Um, but just um, because it was a very big RV, we, were, we, we had a, a tow behind. Um, moving from one place to another was kind of a whole day thing. You know, you drive four hours, eight hours, however far you, you were going to the next place. And you had to do a lot of forward planning to make sure that wherever you're going, they had space for you. Mm-hmm. So it, there was a lot of just logistical planning that went into towing this big uh, house around because you have to, you have to have water and power and, and somewhere to, you know, dump stations and things. So you, you could be on your own for a while, but because of the work I was doing, we, we didn't uh, boondock is the, the phrase where, where you just kind of take your RV off in the middle of nowhere. We didn't do that as much as we thought, um, but yeah, just the limitations with the internet was the biggest, uh, biggest issue that we found. What, um, my last question in the RV and I will move on, but what's... Um... What determined where you would go? Is it just kind of you thought you'd heard this was a nice area or you would meet people on, along the road or route who would say, hey, you should check this place out. Like, how do you decide where to go next? Yeah, it was a bit of both. So I um, and it was it was right around this time when I started an Instagram account um, to kind of document our travels. And so I was following other full time RVers to see where they were going and um, getting ideas and seeing the sites and, and, you know, what campground or what. RV resort or wherever um, did we did we need to go? But a lot was also dictated by the rides that um, that my husband wanted to do because now he he rides all over the the Western U.S. Um, from California to Idaho to Colorado and Utah. So we were kind of following, and of course weather. Uh, like right now outside, we have a bunch of snow on the ground, and it's probably about twenty degrees. Uh, so, um, Fahrenheit. So uh, I don't even know what that is. Negative something in Celsius. Something horrible. Um, yeah. 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 It's very cool. <laughs> so, um, we, we had to follow the weather, um, and, you know, in an RV, you don't really want to be somewhere where it's freezing for too long. Um, so a lot depended on weather and timing and hit the rides that he was doing, but also where people recommended and, and kind of secret spots that you wouldn't a little bit off the beaten path. So that, that was kind of how we, we dictated our travel. So you've touched upon it um, in talking about your time with this the RV and in, in, in this bit in the states as well. What led you from um, your working for Bournemouth University, albeit not in a uh, academic role, um, as it were? Um, what led you from there to go? You know what I want to do. I want to teach myself to code. Like how does that how does that happen? Oh, completely out of nowhere. <laughs> I I didn't have any formal education um, in anything kind of techie or, or anything having to do with code. I've never looked at coding ever before. 
And I, I was in one of the, the nine to fives, my, my last nine to five at, at Bournemouth University. And my boss walks in one day and he says, you know, I want the website. I want our website to, to, to have this new functionality. And he asks me to do it. I have no idea. I know what he's referring to, but I have no idea how to, how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I Google it. Uh, and I, and I find this, you know, after a bit of research, I find this line of code and I put that into the back end of the website and it works. And that moment was like that, that aha, that magical moment where I thought to myself, if, if I've just figured this thing out just by Googling and, and doing a bit of research, um, and it works, like if I learn more of that, is that my ticket to being able to find a remote job. I mean, I always thought that I would have a, a real job that I would I would have an employer. Uh, that I, I, you know, that was just it, being an entrepreneur was never something that was on my radar. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was completely random. And I, I came across that, and I, I got a kick out of it. And I, I learned a ton. There's so many free online resources to to learn how to code, and um, it took me forever to to learn a lot. I didn't have other people that I was kind of learning with. I didn't have a community. I was, I was really just um, kind of going at it blind and, and trying things. I was terrified to ask any questions because um, people can be really mean. So it was, um, it was just years of trying and playing around and, and having zero confidence in myself and, and not putting myself out there. And, um, and then just, you know, um, I, I applied for a ton of, of remote jobs, nothing, didn't get anything, no interest in, in whatsoever. Coding just, or in, in general? Mm-hmm. Coding. No, it, yeah, in coding. So I want, I really wanted to do, you know, building websites, coding, anything. I, I really, um, I, I really liked the, the problem solving and the troubleshooting that came along with learning to code. Like it, it there's mm-hmm. so much more to it than just the, you know, typing out code. It's, it's figuring things out and, Googling stuff and watching YouTube videos and trying things and breaking things, fixing it. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I couldn't find any, um, no, no one would, would, would hire me. I didn't have, I didn't have a degree. I didn't have 10 years experience. I didn't have all these, you know, I knew how to do what they wanted, but I didn't have the experience or the, the background of the degree. So it was, it was very disheartening to kind of realize that after spending so long mm-hmm. being, becoming self-taught um, and it was, it was a friend, a, a colleague of my husband's who retired from the military. He started his own business and he said, well, why don't you, um, why don't you build me a website? And why don't you, um, do that as a, as a, why don't you start your own business building websites? And I was like, that's not a real thing. <laughs> I did, yeah. I was very against. What year was this um, though? Uh, let's see. That would have been 16. 2016, okay, okay. 2016, 2017 is when I, I, I really fought um, audit. I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted, uh, I wanted a real job because that's all I knew. Um, and I, did, I went for it. I built his website. He loved it. And he, he finally kind of said, you know, why don't you do this for more small businesses? And that's kind of what got me into it. So what first question is um, that piece of code for Bournemouth University, what was it actually to do? Sure. So if you're um, if you're on a website and you you see like an FAQ section where it's kind of a, an accordion, you click the, the the plus and something comes up underneath it. Mm-hmm. It is that functionality. That's what he asked for, and I had no idea how to achieve it. Okay. But and you were you in that 
um, you must have somehow been within the computer world if he was asking you to do something, right? Even loosely. Yeah. No? No, I know that, that that's like where it's so Weird. bizarre. It's like yeah. I in the world and my colleague was sat next to me and he did have a, a computer background. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, my boss asked me and I kind of look at my colleague wide-eyed and he's like, no, don't worry, we'll figure it out. And and between Google and him kind of showing me a few things, uh, yeah, we, we figured it out. But, um, and it wasn't like nowadays you have like drag and drop builders where you just kind of say, I want an accordion here. It wasn't that at all. It was, um, it, it was a, it was completely coded and I had to put the, I define, I think it was, I'm sure it was HTML and some CSS, but at the time I didn't know what that was. So it was just copy it and paste it and, and try to understand what it was you know, the divs and the, you know, put the heading in here and all that. So, yeah, um, I had no idea what I was doing at the time. So what I find interesting is um, so you, you go and you, you fix this problem and you have this moment where you go, oh, this is pr- pretty interesting. Um, but you say prior to that, you, you thought you'd be a nine to five working for, for someone. Um, so did you, when you said also that it's like your ticket to remote working. So how do those two things compute with you? Did you always want to be a remote worker, work for someone else, but you didn't conceive that being possible to be your own business? Was that kind of what it was? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So because of the, um, because of the, the job that my husband was still in and, um, and, you know, we had no idea when he was going to retire. Um, I, I, always, I, I really wanted a job that was location independent because we were very dependent on his job. And that was, was very location specific. So I Uh, wanted career progression back like what I had when I was with the military. So I was looking for a, a job that I could do that would have career progression, but that I could do from anywhere. So I was looking for a remote a remote job. Um, so it was almost the would... dislike of the location dependence of your husband's yes. role that led you to go, I want the total opposite of that. Exactly. Yes, ah. exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so then, so you, you do this, uh, you do this piece of capable university <laughs> and you, you go, right, this, this is my ticket to location dependence. Brilliant. Um, how long are you persevering with, I mean, are you doing this like at nighttime or in your free time, just kind of, googling around learning from you know all the free online tools available all that sort of stuff like how long is that period of time um before your um husband's friend says to you hey why don't you try building my website yeah years um so let's see this would have been uh, it was probably late 2014 early Mm -hmm. 2015 when i first came across the, the code and then it was um 16 17 there's easily a two if not more year gap i'd have to kind of go back yeah, and yeah, figure yeah. it out exactly but that, but that, um, but that, at that period of time you're still in bournemouth are you during that all that period there no, all. <laughs> um part of that i was still there and then we we moved to the u.s okay. somewhere in there Fine. and i was kind of doing part-time stuff Fine. and yes yes yeah, so um but the, the last kind of full-time job job that i had was was at bournemouth so you didn't have the confidence necessarily in your own ability until this your husband's friend just kind of egged you on i suppose a bit to say hey like why don't you try this out and at this point you've been for two years learning i mean have you been experimenting and tinkering is that what you were doing like your own stuff but it was all kind of like in the background that no one saw but just for your own you know own benefit but you thought that would 
that would um, bear fruit. That was the whole plan. That at some point, all that learning, or was it, or was it more, this is super interesting, like, which, or was it a bit of both of those things? Oh, no, it was totally, uh, I mean, I, I, it was interesting, but it was much more like, it was probably 80, 20, much more I wanted to to learn it, to to bear fruit, to, to, to be able to work and have an income and have career progression mm-hmm. in some sort of kind of tech type role. Um, what that was, I didn't know. And I, I did, I, it was weekends, it was um, evenings, whenever I had the opportunity to, to learn. And I, I took a, a very interesting perspective um, to it where I, I, nowadays there are every kind of drag and drop builder you can imagine from mm-hmm. whether it's whatever website building platform it is. But I, I think because I was so, um, so uncomfortable with my um, experience and, and lack of experience and lack of a degree and all that, that I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it the hard way. So I was, I was learning how to kind of code websites from scratch, because if I learned the really hard way and kind of how everything fit together, then I wouldn't be caught. Like someone wouldn't say to me, you know, oh, you don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, then, you know, you're not a real whatever, Yeah. Uh, which is, a, a, you know, terrifying and did happen a couple of times. So I, I, I very much, you know, took the, the view that I'm going to learn this. And I'm going to be really, really good at it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe um, someone will hire me or, you know, and then maybe no one will question sure. uh, my skills and my abilities. And for people to understand, like how many hours a week we putting in, you know, on average? Reckon when you were learning, oh, uh, gosh. when when I first started, not loads, maybe, gosh, maybe a few hours a week. It wasn't mm-hmm. much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just built from that, and it was really enjoyable. And when it was more kind of when I was doing kind of part part time work, had a lot more time. So um, then, uh, easily, gosh, up, let's see if I did five ten maybe 20, 30 hours a month sort of thing. So mm-hmm. significantly more. It was never um, like, you know, I was never, uh, actually there were times when I would work, you know, 24 hours, I would, you know, have an issue that I couldn't figure it out. And I would just like go for it. And that was my only focus, but um, it really depended on on the time that I had and what, what I was enjoying. And, um, it's and that pretty, sort of thing. It's really interesting to me, the mentality of persevering with, with, no real um goal in mind but to be good at something to then obviously have the, the goal being obviously the the location independence for sure um but no actual like you know after three years i'll have a degree or, or whatever it might be i think that's really interesting mm-hmm. to understand that like you know often like the best learning is done where you're just passionate about what it is and you know you, there is no time scale for that and actually as i'm sure we talked about reading books, etc. Like, you know, if you, with the minute I've always thought is the minute you stop learning things, like you just, you're just diminishing, you know, you're just kind of um, on a decline, you know, the minute you stop kind of, the minute, the minute you sit back and think, I know everything in this, in this field or this area, like that's the minute that you need to really look yourself in the mirror and go, what, what, what am I doing right now? <laughs> Probably in the oh, wrong yeah. or not challenging. Yeah. Yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's one thing that I love that I get to do now is, um, you know, I've, I've built the business and, and now I've, I've built a team and I have, I mean, I don't, I don't code anymore. I love it, 
that's not what I need to be doing. I, I, I need to be growing the business and, mm-hmm. um, and, and networking and meeting people and, you know, forming partnerships and all that kind of visionary high level stuff, which mm-hmm. is challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's learning. And, and that's why I've loved, I loved the Steve Jobs book and the Bob Iger book. And mm-hmm. I mean, even just finishing Bob Iger's book last night and he, he finishes, you know, basically saying exactly what you did, that you, you got to look yourself in the mirror and, and you, you are still you. It doesn't matter how many people say to you how awesome you are, or how oh wow, you're the CEO of Disney or all this. Like you gotta you gotta stay grounded and mm-hmm. um and, and keep learning, you know, all the things that you don't know, either get other people to to do those things for you, um, or you know, learn as much as you can. So I surround myself with people who know how to do things better than I do from mm-hmm. people on my team to I've got multiple coaches who kind of help me out with, with business. So I, I I have learned very quickly that um, I I am better at what I do and at growing the business and building the team and building my community mm-hmm. when I surround myself with people who are experts at, at all those things. So we we have to come to the meat of what I want to talk about, which is the Geek Pack, right? Which is your mm-hmm. current business. Um, so how do we go from uh, I'm learning this coding thing? My husband's friend says to me, let's build a website, um, build a website for myself. You build the website. Um, were you confident in your ability or did you think, I still don't know enough to build this website? Or you just, what, what was it that kind of made you take the leap? Was it just him insisting on you doing it? Was that all it was? It was, yeah. So, I, you know, a lot of credit to, to him for, for pushing me to, to give it a go. And then I, it, I, I mean, I always struggled with kind of confidence and imposter syndrome. I mean, that's still something that I struggle with now mm-hmm. and I think I will continue to, and that's okay. You know, you, you, that's, that's interesting. To and- you, 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 when I was talking to you before about like your um, friends and family and, and, and of the various things you've done, um, you don't have uh, any um, issue with doing things slightly against the grain and that kind of stuff. But actually, in your in your business sense, you have that um, that 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 part of your psyche. It's interesting. That, 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 that. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The impo- I mean, imposter syndrome is is real, and and I accept that. And I also think it keeps me a bit kind of humble and grounded because, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, that's just that's just something that I'll always I'll always have in the back of my head, and and that's okay. And I'll I'll, I'll grow and you know, learn and, and hire people to do things that maybe I'm, I'm, you know, it's not my area of expertise, but uh, it's like yes. how you, how you use that, um, that angst or that feeling uh, to your benefit rather than to kind of um, to, to freeze you into inactivity, I suppose. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and that, and I see that all the time because it can, it can absolutely just freeze you. And I, I really struggled with uh, being a, a perfectionist and it worked well when I was building websites and, yeah. and coding and things, but yeah. um, the, the, the inaction was, was real. I mean, it, how it yeah. took me years to, to, to start the business, to, to grow the agency. Uh-huh. And I, I'm a big, I'm a recovering perfectionist, but you <laughs> know, I, I still like things to be done very well, but sure. um, I, I'm also comfortable um, taking imperfect action. Uh, because my business would not be what it is if I didn't take imperfect yeah. action, uh, you know, all, all those things. So um, I, I try very hard not to use the word mistakes. Um, yeah. I have learned a lot of lessons um, mm-hmm. in, in the years when I've been, you know, doing this. And I, I try to 
every lesson that I learn, I try to document and pass on to my community because I don't want them to kind of do the same thing that I, I did. So, um, I, you know, very, very few mistakes, but a lot of lessons. <laughs> Two interesting points, actually. So one of them is um, the adage, which is what took you to the point, you know, so, so what was useful and beneficial to you, this perfectionist mentality of building the websites and that part of your business. Um, often you got to forget that to be able to get to the next level. Like people think that what's got them to point A, so say it's, it's weight loss maybe as a different um, as a different descriptor, what got you to lose the first 10 kilograms might not get you to the next 10 kilograms. You might need to look at it like small tweaks or whatever else. And similarly in business or, or anything, like um, just because something got you to point A does not necessarily equate to that's going to put you to point B by just working harder or doing or, or whatever. Um, I think people need to kind of remember that. And then the second thing, and it's a book I will recommend to you is the, the, the new Will Smith um, autobiography is very, very interesting. I saw that. <clears throat> yeah, I saw that. definitely worth reading. I'm kind of 130 or 40 in, pages in. One of the things he said about um, lessons he was talking about, someone, someone told him this, I'm not sure where it came from, but it was that in school, life's like school, except for in school, you, you learn lessons and then you take a test. That's how school works. But life's the total opposite in respects. You take the test and then you learn the lessons. And that's that's basically what you're you're saying there, and it's absolutely true. And it comes back to that activity being being activity because a lot of people are waiting for the right time, you know, whatever it might be, whether they invest in the property market or stocks and shares or lose the weight or whatever it might be. And like the truth is, as we all know, like there's there is no right time. Like yeah, there's maybe some points where things are aligned better for you or worse for you, but um, realistically, like the action, whether it comes a possible negative, like that's the thing that's gonna gonna take you on. And of course, the lessons you learn and and the quote unquote failures are gonna that's a word I don't like either. But like those are the things that actually you learn from. And I, I often find reading these autobiographies actually myself that a lot of the time, like these successful people or back, I call it backfill. Like they don't really know. Like I've read so many of them. Like take McDonald's with Ray Kroc. Like he'll go from like talking about having 10 sites to a hundred to a thousand. You're like, whoa, whoa, that's, there's a huge difference between 10 and a hundred. And then even obviously bigger between 10 and a hundred and a thousand. Like I think sometimes people are so in deep in what they're doing. They don't know why they were successful, but I think it's often easier and more, uh, you can learn more from actually why something didn't work than necessarily why it did, because there's so many, there's so many competing factors, timing, look, the team. I mean, I saw something about, um, Someone is on a YouTube uh, video about a TED talk about why startups uh, are successful and why some fail. And there was a, a few factors. And this guy was like a, a venture capitalist, I think. And basically the factors being, you know, investment, amount of investment raise, fundraising rather, the team, the idea itself, the timing. And I think there's something else, I can't remember what it was, but, but he basically thought that the biggest thing is timing. Like often, you know, you have a great idea, wrong timing or, great team great idea like the timing thing is a big piece so um bit of a tangent from me but that's just something i uh, i think about often as well so yeah you built this website how long does this website take you to build the first one? Oh gosh i probably redid it so many times because i was oh, so right. nervous um yeah what, what was it for what was the business a drone uh business okay interesting so he was selling starting, he was starting a drone business e-commerce selling uh, no um offering it as a service okay fine yeah yeah um uh, probably all in 
a, a month or two, okay. if I remember correctly. But yeah, okay. it, um, longer than it needed to be. But I, I did. I was, I was, I was changing things, going back and forth, and sure. you know all that. So yeah, a long time. Did, did you, um, did you charge for this, or was something you did like no charge? I did. I charged for it. Um, and while I was doing his, I um, reached out to a couple of nonprofits um, locally and um, family that I knew. Uh, and and built a couple nonprofit sites free of charge. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so so I I kind of had those few projects all there um, in a similar time frame. Was that just uh, to learn just, more the nonprofit? It was. Yeah, that's absolutely. so smart. So smart. Yeah, that, that's what I. That's one of the things that I tell my students all the time is if if you don't kind of know someone that 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 needs a website or if you um, are, aren't quite comfortable kind of charging for something yet. If you're going to do anything pro bono, do it for a nonprofit. That, and we actually have a program called um, Geek Pack Match where nonprofits apply um, to then go into a pool where, where my new students can build a website for them. So they get a, they get a you know, relatively basic mm-hmm. website um, for, for nothing. And my student gets the experience and testimonial and things like that because it was so big for me. Um, to help me get started. Um, and, you know, it's win-win, uh, you know, helping out a, a nonprofit is awesome. And if they don't have a budget for a website, but they need an online presence, um, that that's, um, we, we've kind of set that up to help, help that. So I'm right in thinking lineage wise, <clears throat> you just went from one website and then you started to get kind of referrals and you reached out a bit and you kind of started doing more and more websites yourself. That's how it first started. Yeah, and it was slow. It definitely started uh, slow. I, I did those, but those were people that I knew, and mm-hmm. it was kind of okay. Well, how do I kind of branch out yeah. from there? And I was I was terrible at, at marketing myself. You know, really, really uncomfortable. And I don't, I don't know many people that love it. So I think that's normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, <clears throat> um, I I was looking for even hourly work um, just to kind of do, um, you know, just tech stuff on the side, maintaining updating, um, fixing all that, that sort of stuff, uh, in addition to the, the website projects. And, um, my first ever like real hourly, hourly job, um, you know, being contracted as a, as a developer, um, I, I had no idea, you know, I was just so excited. I had no idea what to charge. And I, I remember, um, I, I just said, okay, well, what about $20 an hour, which I think back now I'm like, wow, that there's nowhere near enough, but um, you know, you got to start somewhere. So started out uh, 20 bucks an hour with the, this woman as her developer. And um, in less than six months later, I started getting referrals and, and more work. I was, I was at $75 an hour. So in a very short period of time, I almost quadrupled my um, hourly rate. And, uh, and that was solely because I knew how to code. I knew the back end of websites really well. I could fix any pretty much any issue that was kind of presented to me, I could, I could fix just because I I learned to code. And I, as I said before, I kind of learned the hard way. Um, and that that's that's one thing that I do with my students that is very different um, from from anyone else that kind of teaches uh, websites. Is is I I teach the hard way. I, I want you to learn the ins and outs because then you can you can say yes to anything. It doesn't matter what um how complex or easy it is you can figure it out if you kind of know the ins and outs so over a period of time um you start building up this kind of um portfolio of work um how does that then lead to um what you're doing now which is geek pack which you can describe in more detail but from what i understand is um 
empowering others to do what you've done in respect of learning to code and and, and all the opportunities that lie within yes exactly yeah so we um so i, I kind of build websites and and have have an agency and you know getting more referrals and and, and things like that and that's all going 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 great um i really enjoy it but uh, you had a team or we, just you at this point sorry uh, it was me and I had a couple others that were, were working kind of contract wise. Um, so it was primarily just me. So it was, yep. it was busy, but, um, had, had some other folks helping mm-hmm. out. And then, um, we, this is right about the time when we decided to go full time in an RV and, <clears throat> um, I set up an Instagram account and we're traveling and people are saying to me, how are you able to travel full time? Like, you know, are you independently wealthy? Are your parents paying right. for it? Like all, you know, all these things. And, so no, I, I I run my own business. I taught myself how to um, how to code, how to build websites, and now I run my business um, from the RV. And I just work with clients and, and build websites and you know do tech stuff. Mm-hmm. And and to my amazement, people said I, I want to learn how to do that. So I thought, okay, well, cool. I can put something together because my entire kind of learning progression was very mis- um, you know mm-hmm. mixed up and all over the place and. So I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to create something to to show other people how to do it, I I don't know how to teach. I you know I've never done that before, and I thought, well, all I know how to do is to to teach it the way that I wish I'd been taught. Okay, That's all I knew how to do. So I I I did that. I um I created a a like a free five day coding challenge, is what I, I called it, and um just teaching the basics of two um of html and css kind of the building blocks of of a, of a website just real real basic starting absolutely from nothing like just like me i wanted there to be something where if you've never ever done this before if you've never considered yourself techie um that you could get started with this and um it was the way that i wish i'd learned kind of building up to a a, a project sort of thing that you could show off um and I did that and, and people loved it and they wanted to learn more. So I, I then created a, a bigger kind of program um, that just went into it in a lot more detail. Uh, and then, then that's, and the, the big, I mean, the reason that Geekpack came around um, is, is actually my, my husband's idea, the name uh, Geekpack. And a lot of it has to do with my dog. Um, uh, I've got a, <clears throat> a, a chocolate lab named Blue and I always liked the, the like the pack mentality of uh, of that, and that's what I wanted. I was a I wanted to build a community where um, primarily women. My my audience is primarily women. We do have a handful of amazing guys that run the program, mm-hmm. but we definitely kind of market primarily to women. Any any and, to that? Um, uh, I, I think it's just it's just naturally kind of happened that way. Okay. I but also when I was learning. I would join um, like Facebook groups or communities where um, people were really, really mean. And it wasn't always the guys. Now oh. there's, there's a lot of nasty women out there as well. You know, I, I know that and, and I experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something as, as a female, when you're, when you're learning a skill that is mm-hmm. predominantly men Mm-hmm. Um, and you're learning a skill and you don't have a, a college degree and you don't have the experience. It's very, very intimidating. Right. Um, it's very scary to ask questions. Uh, it, it's, you know, all those things. It's just, I think women just feel that a lot more. 
So, and I can only say that because I'm a woman and I felt it. <laughs> so, but as I said, we've got a lot of amazing guys in the community. Um, but that, that for me was, was the biggest thing is I wanted to create a community um, where mean people were not allowed, um, where you could ask any question and no one would give you a hard time. You, you could, it doesn't, didn't matter where you were on your journey. Like we all started somewhere mm-hmm. and I wanted, you know, it took me years I wanted to reduce that down to months for my students so that they could learn a skill. They could ask questions. They could have good days. They could have bad days. They could share it with us and we would be there for, for them. We would empower them, support them, um, you know, all those things. And, and it's all done in a, in a Facebook group and it is, you know, over 2,500 um, strong. And I, you know, just the other day I had a, actually a guy in the UK who's been in, in the program for years from the beginning um, he reached out and he just said, you know, I, I was in another community in another Facebook group and someone was really nasty and it would got negative. And he, he just wanted to come in and say, you know, thanks for this one, because that, that is just not allowed. Um, that's not the type of people that we, we attract, we support each other, we empower each other, we encourage each other, um, and we build each other up and, and we kind of, you know, answer questions and every, like, it's like tech support with a heart. Um, a big heart that is kind of what the community is so how long is a is the average program was it differ depending on how competent someone is yeah right now it is um, completely self-paced we're looking at kind of revamping it to to um, figure out a a little bit more Mm -hmm. of a of a a detailed kind of timeline Mm -hmm. but right now it's completely self-paced I have some students that go through it um, in a month or two and then others that, um, you know, a year plus. So yep. it really depends on how much time you have to commit mm-hmm. uh, to it. And then we, we have different learning paths depending on, you know, do you want to learn, learn skills first or do you know, do you need money yesterday? Um, we have, you know, depending on okay. financial situation and, and things like that. But the aim is to um, whether someone has, has worked with, with websites or, or coding before, they've never done anything it is an opportunity to learn a real tangible skill mm-hmm. that you can put on a resume mm-hmm. um, hard, you know, hard skill in the sense that it's, it's, um, it's doable. Um, it's not hard to learn. It is a, a hard skill like versus a soft skill, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that, um, you know, they, and, and they, they can learn it, they can um, offer it as a service uh, and they can, potentially start their own um, business to be able to work from home or work from anywhere, mm-hmm. travel, be home with their kids, you know, whatever um, their personal circumstances require, it mm-hmm. gives them an option. And, you know, websites are, um, you know, there, there are so many uh, new websites going up and, you know, whether it's building websites or um, just doing anything kind of tech related, it's a really fantastic way to get into online business space with a real kind of tangible skill that you can charge a lot of money for. So take my, myself uh, as an example. I have no technical knowledge um, in terms of coding. You know, I understand technology, but I don't understand coding, right? And I come to you and I say, right, I want to learn, you know, the basics to be able to be, uh, to be able to be a chargeable developer for quote, for want of a better phrase. Um, what's the kind of average cost that I'm going to, you know, pay for your course? Like, you know, again, if I can dedicate full time and I'm got a reasonable aptitude, is it, is it two, three months, as you said before, is that kind of roughly where people are or some, you know, six months or just as a, as a guide for other people? Yeah. So um, I, I would say two to three months is probably fair. 
Um, right now, my program is uh, five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and I have students who, you know, get that um, investment back within days, weeks, sure. um, thir- thirty days. That's one of the things that we we try very hard is to say, yeah, you know, this is an investment in in yourself, but we want you to get that investment back as soon as possible, sure. and then more. Um, yeah, so I, I would say on average, it's probably two to three months for getting for getting through the content, but we do want people to because like learning the skills is the easy part. Mm-hmm. Putting yourself out there, marketing yourself, finding clients—that's the hard part. So it's very easy for someone to say, you know, to join and want to learn the skills because that's easy and comfortable. You can do it behind a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the part that, that, you know, everyone's there for is to build a business and, and to, to make money at the end of the day, to leave a job, to, to work from home, whatever it is. So we, we want people to start um, marketing themselves uh, as quickly. And that, that's a whole component of the course. It isn't just the skills. It's the, um, it's the finding clients aspect as well. And so the community. So you had you had twenty five thousand people that have gone through your program. Is that correct? Twenty five hundred. Hundred hundred. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I read twenty five thousand somewhere as the number. What what's that Ooh. number referring to? Gosh. Like a community or something, or, or what's that? Oh no, sorry. So that that's our overall kind of um, number of, uh, of 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 primarily women and girls. We have a, a kids coding program that we have have reached um, over okay. the years. So that that's like an all encompassing from. Um, my my email list to my um, uh, my free Facebook group and my paid community and students and kids code camp and and other other kind of periphery uh, products that I have makes sense. Um, so my next uh, kind of question, I guess, is you mentioned about people once they've gone on that course, like how do that? How do you advise people to to pick up their first? few clients i mean this is obviously transferable to almost any industry but um what do you recommend you're obviously being through it yourself um yeah how do you kind of help your students actually you know return on their investment i suppose yeah it, it, talking to people uh, whether that is um virtually or in person you know we're now kind of getting well maybe not uh with, with COVID, but um, really getting out and talking to people, family members. Um, we're, we're in the, uh, later this week, we're holding a, um, a two hour workshop, uh, really kind of helping people come up with their quote unquote elevator pitch that they can use around the Christmas table um, or when they go into their local coffee shop uh, wow. just to, because it's, it's a very natural um, conversation that can be had without being super salesy. So really it's just kind of just saying, this is what I, this is what I do. This is what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do you know anyone sort of thing? The amount of times people say, Oh, I mean, these shelves are a great example. I went into a couple local, this, this is Aspen. So local to where we live. And I went into some um, local kind of businesses and said, I want some shelves to go um, on the wall behind my computer, uh, I work from home, and I, you know, shelf, things like that. And so, oh, what do you, what do you do? Just, just the the natural conversation of me mm-hmm. saying I work from home led into mm-hmm. me saying what I do, and both business owners said, I need a, I need a new website. Can, can you do it, or do you know someone? So it's a, it, there's, there are very natural ways to yeah. start a conversation. 
that, um, and then of course, all the, there's a lot of stuff that you can do on social media, um, in Facebook groups, in your local community, joining, joining um, organizations, mm-hmm. um, and, and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of different um, ways to go about it. But really, at the end of the day, just, just getting out there and, and in a natural way, talking about what you do. It's interesting, actually, because I also do something, I've not done it for a long while, but I do it called burning issues where like I'll spend like five, 10 minutes, just like something I might have thought during the week or, or whatever, like I might have read something that's like triggered a thought process or whatever that often it's more for my own benefit. But like if someone again finds it useful, like with these things, then great. And this morning, actually, I was thinking about something which I, I was talking to a friend that I, I do all the time, but for him, it was like, wow, that's so uh, out there and, and crazy, but it's similar to how what you're talking about, which is, I might read, um, there's a, a newspaper in the UK called the Sunday Times, um, and there was an article, it's quite interesting, actually, there's a, a lady who is doing um, TikToks, but she's doing them about Microsoft Excel. So she's like, got this kind of clever, have you seen this? Yes. Yeah. Right. So I thought that was super interesting. Apparently she's doing some crazy six-figure, like stupid money. And um, so that's super interesting. So like, you know, I would, for me, I'm just interested in talking to that person, bringing her onto a podcast like this. So I literally would reach out to her email, which she could find on her TikTok. And then her LinkedIn is available, right? So like there are, it's very easy nowadays to actually get hold of people and just be very upfront yeah. as to, hey, here's what I'm, you know, looking looking to do or like, you know, could you help with this, that and the other? And I think just being pretty direct and, and it's a very, it's more of American thing. British people are, are by the nature, like they don't like saying what they're there for. You know, as I'm yeah. very much like, look, I, I want to interview. I think you're interesting or, you know, whatever it may be. I mean, I've built a board for my, my business of, full of like ridiculous people um, that you would be like, how, like surely you, your parents do this, but like, no, no, like I literally just reached out and I just spent the time and um, slowly, slowly you, you you end up kind of honing your pitch, quote unquote, and, and uh, you get more comfortable talking to to different people. And, and as you say, you're just saying what you do and talk and all of a sudden someone goes, the right people anyway, I find, will go, oh, you know what? Like, I know X, Y, and Z. Like, I'll, I'll put you in touch and, you know, eventually. But you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find the right people, right? It's, it's, Absolutely. You've got to prepare for the kind of the perseverance being knocked down and people going, ah, who needs that or, or whatever. Okay. So how, how many people is in the team, if you don't mind asking, of your um, business? Right now, there's six of us, right. uh, and we are doing a slight kind of reorg. We've got new new stuff coming up next year that we're excited mm-hmm. about. So, kind of shifting um, shifting some, some things around, and I believe we will go up to uh, seven, if not eight, uh, nice. at, at some point next year. And they're they're I guess located anywhere around all of all over the world. Uh, we've got Australia, uh, Canada, the UK. Um, couple of folks here in the u.s and um looks like i just spoke to someone this morning in brazil uh that we'll probably bring on so all of wow. it's amazing i guess you've never met these people right or maybe you have met a few of them i've only met so my coo um is my stepdaughter and she is in the uk so i've obviously met her uh but no i've <laughs> not met yeah uh i've not met any of the others in person wow it's amazing nowadays you can have a, a business where you don't haven't met you know, same with my board. I, I've met one of, uh, well, the soon to be six, one of six. Um, the rest has just been over Zoom and, and, and such like, uh, which again shows you what you can do with just kind of a laptop with a webcam, I guess, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's some other interesting stuff that I came across. So I was looking at your kind of social media and, and different things. And 
a um, couple of things kind of came to mind. We touched on this before. You talked about kind of originally you charged 20 bucks an hour, then you went to 75. Um, for people, again, this is transferable to any industry, predominantly the service industry. Like, how do you know what to charge? How do you make sure you're getting a fair price for, for what you're doing, uh, but also, you know, not outprice yourself in the market? I mean, one of the things my little add in here is that I've, I've thought about, I'm very interested in the luxury watch market. And so, for example, repairing of watches is a good example where, you know, it might not take someone super long to do the job. And people have this perception that the time spent doing the job equates to how much that should be charged for. Now, you might come on to this yourself, but my view has changed over time. And I've started to realize, actually, the reason that person can do that job in five minutes is because they spent 10 years learning that. Years. Yep. You're paying yep. for 10 years of learning that within five minutes versus yep. someone having no clue, spending all this time and like maybe it's cheaper, but they might not fix it properly or they might sort, you know, cause another thing, an issue or, or so on and so forth. But I'll, I'll leave yes. it to you. I had to add that. Sorry. Yes, no, 100%. I agree with that. And, <clears throat> and it is, it's hard. I mean, pricing is probably the question that we get asked about the most. And it, there's so many personal things that go into it, uh, to, to pricing. And the thing is, is, you know, anyone out there listening or watching this, you're going to get it wrong. So, you know, just, just know that you'll, you'll undercharge, you'll overcharge, you'll, you'll question yourself, you'll wish that you'd done something different. That's going to happen, just period. So just know that. Um, and again, you know, it's lessons learned. Well, did you, did you undercharge? Okay, well, how much should you have charged? And a lot of it will be um, time tracking. You know, if, if you, if you think that, that a project will take X amount of time um, and then all of a sudden it's double that, we'll just know that for next time, you know, just learn from it. And when you get to the end of a project, you feel that you, that you got good, you know, you, you, got paid well for what you did. No. Okay. Charge more next time. Mm -hmm. uh, and there will be, once you start doing it, there will be a natural kind of point where you, you've kind of hit a limit at that, the thing that you can offer that people are willing to pay for. Well, then if you want to charge more, learn more skills, offer more things, you know, add in digital marketing, add in strategy, add in, you know, uh, there's a lot of other things that could be added in. Um, to to increase that overall uh, price, but you know, at the end of the day, you just got to start. You got to start somewhere, and whole, not not doing anything is that inaction that we talked about that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So you know, if it's if it's you know five hundred dollars for a website or two thousand dollars for a website or five thousand whatever whatever that amount. If it's twenty dollars an hour, ten dollars an hour, fifty bucks an hour, just start somewhere and then just see see how it goes. Uh, and and then adjust as you as you figure things out. A couple of things that I, I found before I kind of um, wrap up the conversation, um, even though there's so many more things I want to ask you, so maybe another we'll do another one at some point. Um, you, I also saw you have on your website um, this piece about I guess it's like a, 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 something you offer out kind of as a as a flavor of what you do, which is the you know things to ask in the discovery call, right? The 148 yes. questions to ask. Um, which again is super transferable to to any any anyone really. I mean, what's your? I'm pretty sure what I'm, I'm going to expect you to say, but I'm, I'm interested to see what in your own words. Like, how do you? Um, what what format and what structure do you use, or, or what kind of um, techniques to again in any circumstance to almost scope out what it is that's expected of you from? It could be a colleague, or it could be a, 
an agency or, or whatever like like what, what's your advice for that uh gosh every single project is different um and at least every project that i worked on was was different and you can have um, a, a kind of streamlined system for, for asking questions and trying to get as much detail as possible. Um, but being flexible and knowing that, you know, the, the hosting company that they use or, or, you know, the email or whatever, like things will be thrown in that will be um, different and just being flexible. And it all goes back to like the thing that I said in the beginning about, um, about learning the, the hard way and, and learning things because then regardless of what is asked of you, um, you can see the full picture and you can do all the things. Um, and you also might pick up other, other, other aspects as well that they might need. I mean, if someone says they need a website, well, there's a good chance they probably need a lot more than that. They, they need a website and they probably need um, a social media strategy. They probably need an email marketing uh, strategy. They probably need, um, you know, newsletters or um, just, you know, email, right? Like there's, it's not just a website anymore. And I am the first to kind of say this, Web websites are really, really important, but it's not it. You know, getting on Google, um, having, a, having a blog, a YouTube channel, like there's nowadays, there's so much noise in the online space that um, if you're going to offer something as a service, um, offering something, but knowing that you can add on um, from there, you know, Google Analytics, being able to look at data, there's so many other places it can go, um, but yeah, that that um, the reference that you made to the um, the discovery call um, document that we have, 148 questions, that's totally transferable, and that's just kind of on the surface. Once you start having a conversation with a potential client, that's when you kind of get into the nitty gritty of what is it they actually need. Do they need branding? Do they need a logo? Do they, you know, there, there's so much that goes into every project um, being being different. I say I've got a lot more things I want to ask you, but I think that a good way to close is um, again take take me as an example. Um, I've, I've watched this or listened to this, and I'm I'm really interested in in, in going forward and, and trying to figure out if coding's for me, right? Um, apart from, of course, which would be great, going to your course and, and and that. What's the kind of the low hanging fruit? How does someone like kind of figure out like the what's the best free online kind of um, entry level like let's figure out if this is for me like is it i forget what the names are i've looked at them before myself but is it something you would recommend or a couple of websites you'd recommend straight away to go like you know give this a go a couple of weeks here you go or like well how do you you know yeah so that if someone is kind of thinking oh you know coding sounds kind of cool i want to give it a go that's absolutely why i created the the free five-day coding challenge right. um and it's it's on uh my website yeah. um, if you go to geekpack.co it's it's on there um, to sign up for that. And over five days, you start from literally nothing, never having done it before to building a two-page website entirely from scratch using um, HTML and CSS nice. over those five days. And that, if you go through that and you're like, oh my gosh, like I, I get such a kick out of this and I figured it out and I did it. I have those reactions. Then that is where I would then say, okay, you want to learn more, whether it's my program or there's so many others out there. There's a lot of free resources out there. I mean, I'm super cheap and I, I did all the free resources I could um, and never invested in anything. It also took me multiple years to, to figure it out. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go. Um, but, uh, you know, starting there, if you get a kick out of that, um, then there's that, that's 
where it, you you would then want to spend more time with other resources or or a paid program and the things that come along with that. Well, I think that's a really good place to leave the chat today. I think it's it's been super interesting. Hope you've had a a good time also. Amazing. Uh, Thank you so I've, much. I, I have a bunch of questions, but I think it probably ask you them privately and maybe maybe it'll be another another podcast about other stuff like more in-depth as to the future of like where tech's going, if you're heading into the mobile app space or anytime soon with the coding or, or all those sorts of things um that I'm interested in. But I think for right now, like that's a really great place. And thank you very much for your time. And I'm sure people will find something of value in your uh, really interesting and inspiring story. Oh, I hope so. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks so much.